What is up, People First Leaders? My name is Chris Lin, and I am your advocate and host for the Leading People First podcast, where we are set to transform the workplace. I'm happy you're tuning in and joining me on this journey as we talk about leadership and its effect on the employee experience. Don't forget to leave us a review. A quick shout out to Valerie with a Y for leaving us our very first review. She wrote, just listen to the intro episode and I can already tell this podcast is going to rock. Chris clearly walks the walk, is passionate about helping people, and gets the core idea that there is a huge difference between people who are managers and people who are leaders. Thank you so much for that review, Valerie. It really means a lot. Starting today, October 8th, 2020, if you leave us a review, you'll automatically be entered into a drawing to win a book from one of our upcoming guests. Before I share more on our drawing, I want to bring on today's guest. I had never thought about workplace office design until I worked for a commercial furniture dealer. Working there gave me a whole new appreciation for the thoughtfulness of office design and how it impacts our attitudes, emotions, and productivity. I'm sure you've been to or maybe worked in a space that you dreaded going into because it didn't inspire you. That's why office design is so important. To talk more about this, I brought on Francis Aquino. Francis is an industry expert in designing physical environments that increase employee engagement, productivity, and creativity. His goal is to evolve the physical design of space to recognize the value of the employee experience. Francis's passion for workplace design development and people empowerment took him from New York City to LA to pioneer the office builds of companies like Nasty Gal, Daily Look, Headspace, and Uber. Most recently, Francis was the director of workplace and employee experience for Honey, where he built their new 130,000 square foot headquarters in the LA Arts District. If you've ever wanted to learn about what happens behind the scenes to create these beautiful and inspiring offices, listen up and let's dive right in. Hey, Francis, how's it going? Hey, Chris. Congratulations again on this podcast. I'm, I'm really, really super excited for you. Thank you so much. It's a long time coming and I'm glad that I could bring you on because, uh, again, we've known each other for quite some time and we, we were on that panel together with uh, Bailey Hancock. Uh, shout out to Bailey real quick. <laughs> Shout out, yes. No, I'm I'm super excited to be part of, of your podcast. Like I any any chance that I get to talk about uh, workplace experience, employee happiness, being a leader that that prioritizes employees and people, I'm 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 there. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's kick it right off. What does it mean to you to lead people first? I've, I've given that much thought. Um, uh, I think the fact that I don't have a direct answer, I think it feels like I'm, it's innately coming from, from within, from, from within myself, if, yeah. if, if that doesn't sound too arrogant. Uh, but but um, looking, at, looking into it a little bit more deeper, I think it's about relationship building. Um, when, when I get into... Uh, a, a, an organization and I'm given this responsibility of leading a team in, in coaching a group of people, I make sure that I have that uh, strong relationship, that bond with, with the team, with, with, with my team in order for us to, to work together properly and for us to like work together um, successfully. Yeah. So I think all in all, it's relationship building for me. Yeah, absolutely. Those relationships are really important. And so uh, focusing on those relationships are, is really, is really great. So walk us through, you know, where you got to where you are today. You know, um, you know, I, I know you, but the people listening don't. So, uh, just share, share your story with us. 
it, it's quite exciting because my first foray into my career was from a Craigslist ad for uh, an, an office manager for this company called Nasty Gal. Sophia Amoruso, best-selling author for, for Girl Boss, interviewed me at a Starbucks uh, for an office manager role. Yeah. And I said yes, because I was desperate for a job, did not know anything about office management. I was desperate for a job, so I said yes. And little did I know, there's no office, there's no you know, LA office yet. So I had to step it up, look for an office, set up the office, and you know, lead that people, that, that lead that people team into uh, that new office that I was going to build. And I was addicted, I was hooked right away. I felt like it's such a great role because it just, you create relationship with the entire company and not just, you know, your department or, you know, your small circle of, of, of team members. It really is creating that relationship for that entire company. Yeah, you really do end up building relationships, not just you and across the organization with, you, with yourself, right? But you are creating those relationships across all of those different departments and, and helping them uh, right, collaborate. I know that collaboration is a really big part of what you do. Yeah, and it works out really well because within my the, the office management, within within creating that relationship within the office, it's quite easy to put in new policies and processes because they know me, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 there's that trust within. So if Francis puts out this this new po- policy, um, I'm gonna follow it because I know that Francis um, you know wants the best for me as an employee of this company and what's and and he wants the best for for this company in order for this company to succeed so it works out well yeah that that's a really nice side benefit to that (laughs) i mean what what is it about office design that really excites you what is what is it that draw you know drew you in initially i mean you didn't expect to be in this role or in this field but what is it that really hooked you besides the uh, relationship part so for the past Maybe, maybe 10 years, I, I, I stuck myself into this role uh, without, like what you said, without knowing that this is going to be the, the, the favorite thing that I do um, within the different companies that I've worked for. I've been trying to, to elevate the, the teams from, from facilities manager to office manager uh, to workplace design to culture managers. I've been trying to elevate you know, our, our level because it really is not just going into the office, doing your job, and then clocking out, or whoever clocks out, I don't know if anyone clocks out, but you know, leaving the office and then you know, just, just going on with, with your life. As, as employees go into the workplace now, there is that, that added level of, of expectation that I'm going to be safe, I'm going to be secure in this office, I'm going to be comfortable, and I'm going to actually have fun working in this office. So that's what my favorite part about workplace design, getting to know the employees, getting to know the workplace, getting to know the company, getting to know the voice of the company before creating any kind of workplace design. So it's always going to be a custom design for any office. And I always say, not, it's not a one-size-fits-all workplace design. Yeah, different companies have different feels and it's absolutely not a one uh one size fit all approach that you can take so walk us through your process how do you find the voice of the company or the feel of an organization 
it's it's listening skills. When I started working for for Honey, just like any other successful startup, we have a space. We had you know forty desks. After um, a couple of months, we they needed additional twenty desks. They needed additional twenty desks, and it became sort of like a, a manufacturing company above desks. Um, so the first, the first um, big assignment that I had was to revamp the office space in order to bring back collaboration, in order to bring back, you know, that that productivity in in the workspace. Um, it was something that needed to be done right away, like day two, Francis. Let's make those changes. Let's move stuff around. But I spoke to our founders. I spoke to our executive leadership um, that it's not it, it's not that easy. Um, I wanted to make sure that whatever I put in place, whatever changes that I put in place, is is really custom to our company now, to who we are as a company, and and how different departments work with each other. So it took some time getting to know, uh, getting to interview the, the, the department heads, getting to know uh, the employees, you know, getting to interview the OGs, those people that has has been there from from day one. And getting to know those people that just started a week ago or a month ago, um, and all that data put together created, if I can say so myself, created a successful revamp of the office because it really brought everyone together, and it brought back the collaboration. It brought it brought back the noise within the company, yeah. uh, which which sounds so good. Like as you go into the office, if it's dead silent. It it could be a good thing, but you know, more often than not, you know, people not collaborating, they do, they, you know, people collaborating, they do make noise and they do create that 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 uh, uh, successful and, and and active buzz around the office. So I was quite happy with 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 the turnout of of how we revamped the office. Yeah, you you and the team at Honey did an amazing job. Uh, quick plug here, you know, for those who end up following you or if you are curious about it, uh, Francis has a ton of pictures and amazing, amazing pictures of the work that uh, was done at Honey. Um, I mean, truly gorgeous. And it wasn't just one office, right? You know, um, you ended up, you know, quote unquote, transferring the culture of Honey when you expanded to multiple offices, right? Um, I think Colorado was one, right? Um, Santa Barbara. And then you were doing all of that while also building a new headquarters. So, I mean, how do you transfer that culture or enhance your culture when you're moving buildings, building a new headquarters or, you know, expanding? Mm -hmm. Inclusivity is, is the key word to, to transferring culture or to maintaining that culture across the board. This, the simple things would, would really create that, that, that feeling of inclusivity with all of the employees. We might have um, a, a four-person WeWork team in a certain location as compared to the 300 people in the headquarters in Los Angeles. We wanted to make sure that those four people in Australia, for example, can feel the same you know, level of energy that we have in the headquarters. Be in, in inviting them to um, to talks, to lunch and learns, uh, to bingo socials, you know, anything that yeah. has to do, anything that that the, the you know the, the general group of employees are experiencing. I wanted to make sure that you know all of the different locations, all of the different employees in different locations can feel that way too. 
in you know towards the the fir- my first year at Honey, I initiated a global workplace experience. This would mean from the day that they set foot into the office, they would feel that hey, this is a, a Honey office. Um, you know, it may not be the same aesthetics, a hundred percent the same aesthetics, but you would know that you are stepping into the Honey office. Uh, the smell, the, the the welcoming greeting of our front desk coordinator, the music, uh, the perks and benefits of the office. There will be that same um, snack or a, <laughs> a a version of that snack in 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 you know in the LA office compared to the London office. So yeah. we wanted to make sure that we make all the employees feel that they are um, a part of the bigger organization wherever they may be. Yeah, that's really, that's something amazing that you did um, and making them feel like they're a part of the organization like that. The thing that that reminds me of is, you know, you look at restaurants or, you know, coffee shops, you know, especially these ones that are chains. um, It's all about that experience of what they bring, right? And you've taken that concept of, you know, when you walk into like a Starbucks or an In-N-Out or, um, you know, I mean, McDonald's or whatever, um, I'm not a McDonald's fan, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, you absolutely know you are in a Starbucks and not a Pete's. You know you are at an In-N-Out and not a Whataburger, right? So that's really important. And that's something that you transferred over to the workplace and something that's really cool. So the question that I have is, how do you allow for the uniqueness of mm-hmm each individual office, right? Because you don't want to quote unquote carbon copy what is done at the headquarters and apply it to what happens in, you know, your remote location. So how do you, how do you balance that? How do you balance the essence of what you want to keep and the uniqueness and uh, yeah, the uniqueness of the office that you're building out into? I am so excited to answer this question because I really, (laughs) really do love that question midway through the planning and and building of our headquarters in downtown Los Angeles, our Santa Barbara office at at Honey um, decided that we needed to build our Santa Barbara office as well. And it was the perfect timing because we were really planning out our headquarters. Um, So I initiated the city celebration. Um, The city celebration is so on the back end, you know, uh, the technology that we put into the office would be the standard where it's going to be the same wherever you are uh, or wherever location you are. The, you know, the size of the conference rooms might vary a little bit, but, you know, we have small, medium, large conference rooms, and then we have a, uh, a phone room for like one-on-one. So those are the, the kind of like the back-end basic standards that we wanted to make sure that when you come into our honey office, you know that you can expect there's a phone room, there's a small conference room and all that. But we wanted to ensure that we, like what you said, the uniqueness of the office, the, the, the individual, individuality of the office. So we wanted to do a city celebration. Uh, we wanted to pick you know, amazing culture of, of a, a certain location and put it like front and center. Um, just like Santa Barbara, it's, it's a little bit you know, laid back. You know, we have... Uh, uh, water surrounding, you know, the, the, the city, we have surfers. So we wanted to make sure that we utilize uh, local artists to accentuate the, the look and feel of the office. We put up surfboards, we put up a ton of plants around the office because we wanted to make sure that it still feels like you're in this resort type of thing or, or a Santa Barbara feel. <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, but still, the back end, you'll know which button to push because you've been in the headquarters in LA. And when you go into a Santa Barbara office or a Boulder, Colorado office, it's the same thing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really nice that you were able to, yeah, like you said, um, transfer, make it easy for people. So it's like second nature, right? Like, you know, what buttons to push, you know, exactly how to plug in your computer. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many times I worked at one, uh, one organization where each office had a different like hub. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like, okay, I'm in this location now. So how do I plug in my computer again? And it's like, that extra 10 minutes when you sit down at your desk at the start of the day and like, it kind of gets you off on the wrong foot. Like you're like, Oh, like I have to deal with this. And then you, you know, if you don't pull yourself out of that funk, it it makes for a rough day. (laughs) Yeah. Part, part of the research that I did was to tour different offices, you know, around LA, San Francisco. I think I went as far as New York city. Uh, There was one company um, uh, that you had to, it's a 10 step, I might be exaggerating, maybe a six to eight step process in order to get into uh, a video call or to get into uh, a conference room AV. Um, And, and, you know, that was one of the things that I made sure in all the different build outs that I do, minimum, you know, two buttons, you know, you're going to be in that call, you're going to be, you know, able to present you're able to start that meeting within you know, a minute, a minute and a half. That shows just the amount of thought and design uh, that you put behind it because I don't think a lot of people realize how inconvenienced they are until they are shown something easier or simpler. And it sounds like you definitely did that for the team. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just technology. Um, I wanted to make sure that as going back to, you know, being a a people leader, like really, you know, trying to put yourself in the employee's point of view. Um, as, as you start your day, what is there, what is it that you really need as you start your day? Like as, as a human being, as a person, you know, coffee, a light breakfast, you know, making it easier for you to really pick up and start your day. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, going into your conference room, going into your desk, uh, the pathway towards your desk, would it be, you know, uh, the best way to get from the coffee place to your desk? So it's all these things, designing the, the workplace with your employees in mind is, is really what I'm trying to push in all the different designs and all the different build-outs that I have. Yeah, having that people-centric design is uh, really important. And I mean, as leaders, that's what we should be focusing on anyway, right? Is how do we make our, the lives of the people that we are affecting or influencing um, easier or better, yeah. right? Like how do we have a good positive impact on them? Yeah. So the thing that I'm curious about is, is company culture, right? Is I've been out of start myself um, where I was, I think, employee like 72 or 73 or something. And the company got as big as, I don't know, three or 400 by the time I left. And there was this weird shift, right? There was this weird shift around company culture. Mm-hmm. So do you believe that company culture can change, A, and B, how do you deal with those that want the con- culture to stay the way it was? I really believe that culture should change. I think the better word for, for that would be culture should evolve. Um, there, there are a lot of um, situations that, 
people are trying to hold on to uh, the, the, that strong culture, that best culture that we have. I think one of the examples was um, um, I, I was part of, I was employee number one for, for uh, Los Angeles at Nassigal. And then um, we moved the first 13 employees from the Bay Area to LA. And it's so easy to, to, to keep that culture intact. Like the 14 of us really knew that this is the best culture that we've ever had. Let's hold on to it like for, for dear life and l- let's not ever change it. But then the first six months we had, you know, 75 new hires. We were, you know, growing exponentially and we knew that we couldn't hold on to that, you know, you know initial culture that we have. Um, so what, like what I said, it needs to evolve, but you have to hold on to those important values that, you, that started your culture in the very beginning. Um, and as you hold on to that, you'd be able to, to evolve your culture in the way that still relates to the values that are important for you as a company, as a team, and for you as an individual. That really is the, the, the main thing that makes a successful evolving of your culture. Yeah, that evolution is a great way to put it. Um, right. Companies evolve, right? I mean, it can be a big tech company, it can be a small, you know, mom and pop store, but as they grow, their business as a whole, right, is going to evolve. Mm-hmm. Right. They're going to have to do their business differently at some point or else they're not, they're going to go out of business. And the same goes with the people side, not to say that it's, you know, the people and the employees need to deal with it, but how do you help them along that journey to bring them along with that evolution? So I think that's a really good point. So what excites you about the future of the employee experience, especially since we're currently in a pandemic and (laughs) Like, what do you, what do you, what excites you about what's coming down the line? I did a sigh over there. I don't know if, if that got caught in, <laughs> in, in the microphone, but I purposely did a sigh on that one. Um, the beginning of the pandemic, I was um, stressing out. I was worried about the future of the workplace. Um, the, the, the interaction between employees is very, very important. Um, this is where you create your relationships. This is where you create that culture and not having an office might be a challenge to create that, that relationship or to create that culture. Um, but what I'm excited about is, is how we're redefining the workplace. Now it could be 100% work from home. It could be a hybrid work from home and office. You know, it could still be a, you know, let's, let's reopen the office. Let's reopen the workplace and have everybody come out, come back safely. Um, uh, but, but the re- redefining of the workplace is, is what makes me excited. I don't know uh, uh, per se what, what that looks like yet. This is the first time that we're dealing with a pandemic. This is the first time that we've actually experienced having to kick out everyone from the office. And, and do work from home for, for, you know, for a short time or for the length of time that we have. Um, but, but we go back to, you know, the evolution. We go back to, you know, having the workplace evolve. And I know that we'll come up with something exciting. We, we know that we're, we'll come up with something that's uh, unique for this experience. Um, and the end result would be, which should still be keeping the employees in mind, prioritizing uh, employees and prioritizing their experience, whether they're working from home, 
they're remotely working or they're back in the office. Yeah, coming back to the office seems to be on everyone's mind because I think people are getting sick of their family members. <laughs> um, that's a that's a half joke, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 not just the family members. Like it could be on, on yeah. Sorry, on a serious note, you know, we're we're looking at all these things. It could be you know uh, having kids and you can't really work from home. Um, you're you don't have a, a good you know home office setup. Or you, know, you live by a train station or you live by the airport that it really, you couldn't really focus too much. Um, so there's a lot of different situations that you, you might be just tired of working from home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me personally, um, I'm, a, I'm close to a true extrovert. I'm not a full on like 100% extrovert. I'm, a, I'm like 90%. But um, I, I got really tired, <laughs> really tired of being alone which kind of sounds sad, even though I have a <laughs> wife and kids, but it, it was, uh, you know, I missed having, seeing people interacting with them face to face. Yeah. So it's, it is important and something that I, I mean, just, this is just me, um, my hunch, but I think that, um, you know, offices will be used more just as like collaboration spaces from now mm-hmm. on versus yeah. like individual work. So the thing that, a lot of people liked at first and then hated, right? And I think this topic has probably been beat to death, but since we're talking anyway, what was your opinion on open space offices? Oh, <laughs> I, it, it is, you know, it is a, a conversation uh, that has come up when we were designing the office. Um, I would take a stand for exclusive for for this podcast, I would uh, <laughs> take a stand. I am for open spaces. I am. I think it it's really great for collaboration. I think it it's really great for creating that relationship. Um, and as as everything goes, we just need to make sure that we have some processes and policies in place in order to to keep it successful and to keep it um, collaborative and not. A, a deterrent for productivity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we'll, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the line, we'll, we'll look at cubicles from 30 years ago, then we'll look at the open space now, and then we'll probably, you know, as we come back to the workplace, we'll find a really nice mix between the two because I think that yeah. that's just kind of what, what's going to happen. To add on my response to that, when we were designing the headquarters for, for Honey, um, the, 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 the key word was, was well, optionality. We wanted to make sure that there's multiple options. Every single option that we've ever thought of, I'm, I'm sure there will be some other option that we, we weren't able to put in place, but every single option that we can think of, we were able to create that space within the headquarters. Yeah. So in continuation of the open workspace, I am for it. I think it's successful. I think it's going to be great. Um, but providing the options to the employees would be another, a, a, a greater thing to put into place. Yeah. It's not just the open space, right? It's not just exactly. this, op- this benching system that um, people now really don't like. And we'll probably see gone, right? Especially with the pandemic, because you know, you were cramming or some companies, I'm not saying you, um, but some companies were cramming, you know, like six, eight people around a desk. And it was just like, it's too much. Now we have to space out. So I don't think that's going to exist anymore. Yeah. 
we were we were i i was lucky to be able to work with our leaders um at honey that really focuses on people as well um it's quite important um you know it's it's not just me designing the space or you know the department heads or the different uh you know people that are you know putting their input on a space the leaders of the company our executive leadership our founders they need to be people leaders as well and i was really lucky to be able to work with um you know our founders who you know prioritize our employees well-being productivity and collaboration um in in order to you know create that culture so i think you know as as we started with talking about being a people people leader workplace design culture and then what it takes to be you know a company that is led by a people leader i think that that is the the the, the great formula for creating a success, successful company yeah you'll absolutely build a successful company that way for sure when you focus on people and you design around people right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i mean we we touched on you know how that's is successful for organizations when you do focus on people i know that there are going to be some leaders or executives out there who are like why why does this even matter right mm -hmm. like why are we spending thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars on the physical space when we should be focusing on cutting costs or you know focusing on our efforts more around you know getting sales or being innovative like what would you tell those those leaders i learned that data is is a, a a great um powerpoint presentation slide um in order to um convince leaders that this is the way to go um and it's not at all you know 100% bad that you know people are thinking about cost cutting the leaders and the founders of 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 businesses it is a business it is supposed to be a profit um you know you need profit in order to to create that business and to have your your business successful but having a, the data presented to them about how successful companies are if they prioritize employee well-being um is 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 a, a great way to convince these leaders that it is something that we need to do yeah if i can just give a quick little uh not really a plug but just some you know background information there's actually been quite a bit of study and work and research around how creating these workplace environments and really investing in these workplace environments to focus on the people um and if you truly design around people and their well-being they actually end up with higher productivity and lower costs from a healthcare standpoint so you actually do end up saving quite a bit of money as well as increasing productivity despite the investment up front to design the space, build it out, fill it with furniture that that's needed to make it successful. So um, there's quite a bit of research out there. Real quick, what would you say are some ways that maybe creative ways to connect employees in fun and engaging ways? Like what can organizations do right now, especially since we're all working from home? Visibility is is something that we've talked about. Um, uh, we wanted to make sure that since since everyone's working from home um our leaders need to be visible um employees are hungry for information information that they could get 
you know, when we were back in the office, information that they can get by, you know, speaking to our, our HR team, which is just, you know, in the other room or getting information from their coworkers, which is right next to them. But now that, you know, everyone's working from home, we wanted to make sure that our leaders are visible. Um, we can hear um, exciting news. We can hear, you know, updates about product, about our company, or even, you know, not so exciting news. Um, these are the, the information that our employees are, are craving for in order to create that connection back. Um, on the culture side, still making sure that we can engage our employees in every single fun Zoom um, idea that we can get. We did, you know, uh, a Zoom call for, for you know, uh, everyone that has pets. We did a, you know, Wine Wednesday. Um, we, we just wanted to make sure that we have all these windows of opportunity for people to, ch to join a, a call, to join in a Zoom call so that they can still see each other. Um, the two biggest um, success, uh, successful events that we had uh, was a, a bingo social, which is so easy to, to organize um, and, and, and so easy to play because everyone knows how to play that. I can share uh, the link to the website that we use also for, for the bingo social that we had. Uh, and the second one was a karaoke happy hour. Um, we found a, a, a really cool website that you can do. You can host a karaoke uh, event via Zoom. And it was such a successful thing. Um, so once again, creating all these um, um, opportunities for employees to, to join in, whether fun or, or informational, uh, but at least having that option that I can see all my coworkers by joining this, this event. Yeah, just that opportunity for connection is really important and connection again, and those relationships that are need to be built. Um, you need to just find ways to make it happen. Well, Francis, this has been a lot of fun. This time flew by for me. Um, I can't believe we're, we're already at our time. Before you go, where can people connect with you? Uh, LinkedIn is, is a, a great tool for me. I am very active on LinkedIn as, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I can, if I can put my name out there, you, you got it. I'm there. <laughs> oh, yeah. also, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be sure to yeah link your, uh, link your profile down, down where everyone can find it for sure. Yes. And I, I just created a website, um, with, with my namesake. Um, it's, it's, uh, francisaquino.com. So please check it out. It has uh, my, my portfolio of all the different uh, build-outs that I've done and a, a quick snapshot of some of the cultural events that I've, I've created and implemented uh, in, in within the past years. That's fantastic. Well, thank you again, Francis. It's been so great catching up with you again, and um, I'm looking forward to what you do next. Thanks, Chris. Congratulations again on this podcast. I'm glad you could tune into this episode of the Leading People First podcast. If you weren't convinced about how the physical environment is a critical piece of the employee experience, I hope Francis changed your mind. Even though many of us are still distributed and away from our offices, there's still merit to the importance of design in your immediate workspace. And I know a lot of organizations are thinking about redesigning their current offices to accommodate employees coming back to the office. So make sure you share this episode with those in charge of your facilities and workplace design. If you want to be entered in the drawing, make sure you leave us a review and send a screenshot to chrislin at leadingpeoplefirst.com. 
or share your review on Instagram and tag leading people first. Check out the show notes if you want to connect with Francis and learn more about workplace design and its effect on the employee experience. Thank you again for joining me on this journey. Keep leading people first and stay awesome. Oh, 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 oh,